So, what should we do tonight? Anything's better than last night. All right. All right, then we should do something. Something sounds good. I have an idea. Why don't we rent a video tonight? Yeah, can we please? On a weeknight? Yeah, come on, Mom. It's okay. Sure. Come on. Let's throw caution to the wind. Hello and welcome to the Movie Seller Rewind, where I have an overabundance of knowledge when it comes to films, a microphone, and no social life whatsoever. If you don't know the sound of my voice, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Trev Allen. I am the host of the Rewind, as well as the host of the Struggling Artist Podcast. If this is your first time listening, the Rewind is a mini episode uh, for the Movie Seller, where I dive a little bit deeper into the movies these guys talk about. Uh, add a little correction to some of the things they say, bust their chops quite a bit, um, et cetera, et cetera. This week's episode is Unforgiven. Before I get into that, though, I do want to take one second and talk about VHS-4T1D. If you don't know what that is, VHS-4T1D is a fundraiser set up by the movie seller that runs with the JDRF, and what they do is they're trying to raise, um, raise money to help support a cure for type 1 diabetes. You get something out of it, other than just being a good person. And I'm about to go over what, what you get. All right. So there's different tiers that the, that the fellows offer. And at the $10 tier, they're going to give you a shout out on the show. Not like, you know, outside, not like, hey, Johnny. No, they're not going to know. They're going to say, hey, Johnny, while they're talking on the show, not while they're in the grocery store. The $20 tier, you get to pick a movie of your choice, whether it's a VHS or a newer film. And they have to watch it and give a review. At the $50 tier, you get everything from above. But with that, they give you a call, and you get to you get to chop it up with them on the Movie Seller Podcast while talking about the film that you picked. Uh, they also send you a VHS copy of the film that you picked. If I I don't I would have to say I don't know if they do that if it's a film that's not on VHS. I don't know. That's something uh, Dan will have to clarify at the hundred dollar level. You get to become king of the series. And what this means is you get everything above. So you get your movie. You get a shout out. You get to pick a movie. But you also become king of the series, the uh, VHS 4T1D series. Right now, that title is held by the, the gentleman at Geek Exploration Podcast. And then after that, you have the $1,000 tier. With the $1,000 tier, you are the god of the show. You get everything above. Your name is attached to the series. You get your shout out, you get your VHS copy of the movie you picked, they have to pick it still, I mean they have to watch it, I'm sorry, and they have to call you to discuss it. However, when you st- when you do the $1,000 tier, you your name gets attached to the Movie Seller Podcast. So it would be John Doe presents the Movie Seller, or whatever your name is, you might not, John Doe might not be your name. But that's it. And what you got to do, it's for a great cause. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, Dan's daughter, Lily, has type 1 diabetes. And uh, I've said it before on this show, and they've said it before on that. She's just an absolute and amazing little human being. Um, and she's so, ex- like, she's very mature when it comes to this stuff. And she's very, like, she gets, like, excited about trying to help the JDRF, which is awesome. Um Truly inspiring little girl, and I can't wait. Personally, I can't wait to see what she does when she gets older because I think she's meant for great things. 
So that's it. You guys go over there and you donate. I'm pretty sure Dan puts a link in the in the notes of this of this little episode. So make sure you take a look there if you want to donate. Um, and we are gonna come right back and we're gonna talk about Unforgiven. This episode of the Movie Seller brought to you by. I'm Liz Parker, and five days ago I died. You remember these iconic lines? Check out Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. Join two longtime fans and one newbie as we recap every episode of the original WB show spoiler free. We've got new recap episodes every two weeks and alien centric mini episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Roswell Hot Sauce. And check out Pass the Hot Sauce on the podcatcher of your choice. All right, we're back and we're going to talk Unforgiven. So, Unforgiven is this Western that. Um, Clint Eastwood directed and produced, starred, um, and it's not my favorite by any means. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to dive into some of the stuff that Dan was saying on the show. And before I do, uh, cause I had to add, I have commentary to add to that. I want to talk about some of the technical aspects of, of this movie. Some of the film, you know, the, the, the finished product. Number one is this movie is way too dark. Um, and I mean like black, it's, it's hard to watch. Um, not because it's not the content, but it's like black, like the screens are blacked out. Like you don't know there's night scenes and you really don't understand what's going on. I had to turn the, um, the brightness of my TV up and I was watching this in 4k restoration. So I don't know what the hell those guys were watching on VHS and why they would think it'd be better on VHS. Uh, because I had, I had it in 4k and I had no fucking idea what was going on. So that's the first thing I want to say. Second thing, the writing of this one is a, it's a little strange. Some of it was to get the point across of of Clint Eastwood's character being this like broken, not broken old man, but but like empty, empty older man. They they added some weird comedy, um, and I don't I don't think I don't think the guys really picked up on it. I mean they they mentioned they mentioned some things here and there, but like you know talking about using the word teats instead of tits and and uh just the exaggeration of of the of what happened to um that sex worker because i'm pc i'm not gonna call her a whore um but uh to like clint eastwood's getting ready to leave and he he can't get on his horse and that happened a couple times he had a hard time getting on his horse and he gets you know he gets I like the fact that he gets sick because it shows that they humanizes like, Hey, this bad motherfucker, you know, he's aged and, and now he's, you know, less of, he's, he's, he's not as, he's not as invincible as he thought he once was. So the, the whole getting sick part, I, I kind of feel it was important to the film, but like when, when the, he, they were shooting at them and, and he fell off, um, Clint Eastwood fell off his horse. Um, well, the Schofield kid was shooting at him and he fell off his horse and, and then, Oh my God, did you get shot? And he's like, no, I just fell off my horse and hit my face. Like that stuff. I don't know. It just was a little bit too much of satire for me. Um, I think they could have portrayed like, he's not the person he used to be in a much different way, uh, without adding that, those comedic values. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to break the book or anything like it's still a decent film, but it's just one of those things. I just felt like they could have went a different way about it and made it better. Uh, the same thing happens when the, 
the sex worker with with all the scars and he you know he he mentions the scars when he wakes up and part of that could have been you know just being delirious from being sick or whatever but he gets into he goes into it a little bit deeper with her and it's just a very bizarre transaction of dialogue um and i just like again i think they could have did that they could have made that a little bit better so dan had mentioned you know um how Clint Eastwood's character, uh, Will Will Money, kept like going over, like saying things over and over as if he was trying to convince himself. And I don't think, um, I don't think he was doing that. Like, I don't know the way Dan was mentioning it. It kind of almost seemed like he was doing that because he didn't believe it. I don't think it was that. I think it was he wanted to believe it because of all the bad shit he's done and. uh you know, we're, we're friends, right? Listener, you and I, we're friends. Like, we're, you know, we can talk, right? All right, so let me let you in a little something about me. Now, I never killed anybody. <laughs> never. Um, you know, he killed women and children and men and everything that's crawled and walked and talked or whatever. But uh, um, I have not, okay? But I will say that I didn't have the... Uh, the most straight and narrow um, life uh, in my younger years. Well, we could say that, I guess. That's not too incriminating, is it? If you're a lawyer and I'm saying incriminating shit, hit me up on Twitter, TrevAllen81. Say, hey, don't say that kind of shit. Anyway, um, so I, I don't know people get reputations and that's what this movie, this movie is about reputation. Um, it's about perception and it's about aging, getting old. What I mean by that. So money was a bad motherfucker in his day. Like reputation of him down in Missouri is just, it's, it's no one else has that kind of bad reputation, you know? And he was indeed a bad motherfucker and he knows this. He met a woman, fell in love, changed his ways, or attempted to change his ways. After she died, I think, honestly, I think his wife dying made him want to strive to be a better person more than anything. Um, you know, but he wasn't good at it. I think she was his rock. That's that. That's what I got out of it. She was his rock. She kept him on that straight and narrow and without her, he's striving to be better for the kids, but he's just not good at it. The the falling in the mud, the, the when he was wrestling with the pig and he fell in the mud, and his kids just kind of looking at him and he notices that, like, like that's a metaphor. I've seen that happen in real life. Not not someone falling in the mud, but um, you know, you're a shell of your former self and. When you realize that, when you realize you're not that bad motherfucker anymore, or you're not that tough guy, or you're not that, you know, um, whatever it is, it doesn't even have to, you don't even have to use that, but we're, we're using that because that's what this movie's about. Um, it, you, you, you do miss it, but you don't miss it because you want to be a tough guy. You miss it because it's all you fucking know. That's all you know. That's all. All you know is to be a murderous bastard with a bad reputation. Like, that's all he knew. He can't farm pigs. 
He's not good at it. It doesn't come easy. You know, there was a, um, the, the writer, the writer says to him something about, you know, you, 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 uh, strategically killed these people in this specific order or whatever. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he was like, no, I just got lucky. I get lucky a lot when it comes to killing people that he was just good at it. He was just good at it. And he recognized it. He was good at it. And he doesn't like the fact, I think he actually hates himself for being good at it. Um, and by the end he hated himself even more for it. Cause he got his best friend killed, but there's, there's a certain ease. Like you, you're, you're kind of putting yourself at ease when you do something that you're just naturally, uh, built to do. You can still, you can still regret it. Um, you can still, you know, not like the fact that you're a killer, but at the end of the day, like there is something that's putting his mind at ease because he's doing what he knows he can do. So I think that's like the biggest thing that, um, Dan Dan was, you know, and I think Dan's right too. Like he, you know, he has to repeat these things. He's repeating the steps, um, in his head. So he, so he tries to make himself believe it even more. And, and, and that, and that is accurate. You know what he's saying? It's almost like, um, like someone in AA, you know, uh, you gotta, you do what you can to not drink. So you, if you, you repeat that, you know, the prayer or, or whatever it is, I've never been to AA. So I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a drug addict and everything else. So anyway, <laughs> um, when, when you need to make yourself believe something, uh, let's use social media. People on social media will post the most positive things over and over and over. And they'll, they'll slam into like, they'll keep posting about how great their relationship is, how awesome life is. Listen, no one's that happy. We all got our shit. We all argue with, with our, with our, with our, you know, wives and husbands, like get over it. It's not real life, but you're trying to live this perception of that it is. And that's what he's doing. He's repeating himself over and over so he can try to believe what he wants people to, to, to perceive about him. All right. So the other thing about this movie is it's really big on reputation. Um, it's very alpha male. Um, and I could use modern times for this. So an alpha male is not the person who's running around a nightclub or a bar flexing his nuts and trying to be a tough guy. That's the, that's the person who's trying to give you the, who's trying to install perception that he's a bad motherfucker and he's not. We're talking about the Schofield kid. We're talking about, um, English Bob. And we're not quite talking about little Bill, but I'll get to that in a second. He's a, he's a, he's another animal completely different animal than this you could even say some of the cowboys are are this they're trying to be uh the deputies they're trying to be these these tough guys and and they're really not um and you know money definitely shows them who they really are (laughs) so it's so you have the perception part of that you know you have these alpha males or wannabe alpha males who are strutting around um, trying to, trying to build their reputation so they can be known. Um, but then you have the real alpha males, 
you got Gene Hackman's character, Little Bill, and then you have Clint Eastwood's character, uh, Will, William Money. I think his name is William. We'll just call him Money. Anyway, those two guys are the they are the alpha males of this. Um, but they're completely different spectrums of what an alpha male is. So you have you have money who's quiet, who keeps to himself, who tries to tries to you know give off the perception that he's a good guy and and he doesn't like being a violent person. And then you have Gene Hackman's character, Little Bill, who who thrives off of it. He thrives off of fear. Um, that's a bully and there are alpha bullies and he is one of them. You know, he, he's talking down to people. He talks down to everybody in this movie, everybody, you know, he, he control, he tries to control every situation. Um, and by doing that, he installs fear into these people into the, in the, you know, I think the, 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 the deputies were talking, the one armed, de- one armed deputy and all those guys, and they were saying, you know, he, he's, does he seem scared? Does he seem scared? And he's like, no, he's, he's not scared. He's just not good at building a house. And, uh, that's, you know, that's the, what that means is like, he, he's not, he's not looking for the, he's not look. Well, he is, he's looking for the fight. He's looking for the fight where money isn't, even though money's coming out there to do this bounty job. Um, but he's doing it more because he has to at this point. He has to to keep his family alive. Where little Bill is doing what he does, just just so people fear him, and that's a big that's a big thing. Like that's a really big concept to try to grasp. Like being an alpha. Like there's so you have the people who are pretending to be alpha males in life, who are running around and acting tough when they're not, um, a la um, English Bob. Then you have these bullies who are alphas who are going to who have like like to like to install fear and you know um hurt people like little bill and then you have a true alpha like money who can't escape what he is but tries like tries well he he, he can't escape who he is but he's not he's not using it for his advantage um and he's trying to be a better person. So you have these three, like three different types of character in this film. And I loved it. Like I, that's the one thing I liked about this, like about this movie is the, it really digs into, you know, um, honestly, it digs into patriarch and, and with, and I, I hate saying that, but it does. And it, and it gives you different scenarios of what it should be and what it is. Um, Yeah. So that that part of this film is is the best, you know. It, the movie is a slow burn. It's it's not my favorite um not my favorite western by any means. Um but it makes you think a lot more than some of them do. So I really liked that. So what what they what best way to put it, you have a select group that are all bark. You have Little Bill, who is bark and bite. Then you have Money, who is just bite. And the bark, honestly, comes from fear. 
So Gene Hackman's character, Little Bill, is installing fear because he's afraid to lose his reputation. He's building a house and he's terrible at it. So him and money have the same... They're seeing the same things from their lives. They're seeing the shell of them former selves not succeeding at something. And where money money has to go to do what he has to do in order to survive um little bill does it to keep his reputation alive and that's those are two completely different things um you know you can see it where the writer the writer says something about the house and hackman gets all sorts of pissed off at him that's that that's that you know what are you trying to say you know like I did this, like, are you trying to, you know, are you threatening me? He, he gave him that kind of, are you threatening me attitude? And, you know, so that's it. That's what this is. That That's what this movie is really about. It's about perception of, of perception, reputation, and uh, regret, you know. Um, at the end of the day, as bad as money is, and he knows he's good at it, he regrets it. He regrets it. He sees people. He's, you know, he's got the, the trauma set in from all the shit that he's done. Um, you know, I don't think the drink part and, and Dan, Dan, I think Dan made this mention too. Like drinking isn't what caused him to do this. Um, the drinking part just helped with that edge, you know? So, um, yeah, but, uh, so anyway, the end of the day, is there better Westerns? Hell yeah. But this one makes you think, and I kind of like that. Um, I just wish the uh, it wasn't so dark, like it wasn't so blacked out. It was just I've seen like I I can't even imagine what this VHS tape looks like because it reminded me of watching something on VHS where you can't see anything. So, but uh, guys, that's it. That's the rewind. Oh, you know what? No, that's not the rewind. You want to know why? Because I want to mention something real quick. Let me bring up my notes. Give me one second. So, so, the writer of this film is David Webb Peoples. And he's written a bunch of different films. A bunch of different films. But in 2013, okay, there was... Um, all right, I'm going to say Asian film because I don't know exactly where it was made. I want to say maybe Japanese, but we're going to go Asian film called Unforgiven. And it's basically, I mean, it's it's this. It's 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 a story retold and it takes place with samurais and farmers and and it's I I bet that movie is amazing. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but I do know about it. And um and and it's Clint Eastwood's uh, Fistful of Dollars was inspired from a Japanese Korean filmmaker. And what they did was they reinterpreted this one into that. So I don't know. I just think that's a little cool trivia question, you know. So like basically it was like it came full circle. Like what Fistful of Dollars was, was made after Unforgiven was, was then um, remade into unforgiven 2013 um yeah that's all i got but anyway i just wanted to add that to it so anyway guys thank you for listening to the movie seller rewind this week was unforgiven 
Um, please follow the movie seller on Instagram, on Twitter at the movie seller. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Trev Allen 81. That's the same for Instagram. And please listen to the movie seller, the movie seller rewind, all the movie seller bonus content and give a listen to the struggling artist podcast. All right, guys, that's it. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next time.